0: On with the show. Yes, Jeff Johnson with you live from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico from the east coast the central east Coast. central you're kind of central that coast yeah. is kind of long um it coast is. of Australia in Newcastle the beautiful Newcastle where there's uh torrential downpours at the moment we've got Nicole yeah. Halton from inspired EC how you doing Nicole
1: I'm great how are you
0: I'm doing great um better than I was uh, yesterday about this time. I had a had a awkward experience I was I was out in public, which is always awkward i I never I never know how to be in to public very well so um I'm I'm just I'm 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 taking the dogs for their evening walk and uh, walk by every day walk by this little little playground. And, uh, and kid, a kid, a little girl waves. Um, and she's she's been doing this for about a week and a half, two weeks now. She waves. I'm not sure if she's waving at me or at the dogs.
1: Probably as someone who has small children, uh, I'm going to say the dogs.
0: Yeah, My that's what I, I dogs think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the dogs don't wave back. And so after, after a few days of her waving, I started waving back because I thought it's not polite not to. Um, and so now there's this thing where we wave at each other, which is okay. I guess I feel, I I don't (laughs) know, but then, then her apparently little brother comes down the slide and he's like, wait, he's got a big grin on his hand and he's waving with both hands and he doesn't stop. And so I enthusiastically wave back at him just as a hand, just a, and, and then I take a couple more steps and on a bench, Staring at me, is there, I assume, father. <laughs> and I felt a little bit awkward because nobody wants to be the weird adult paying attention to other people's kids on the playground Um, because we live in that world now, which is a sad commentary on the world we live in, but that's the world we live in. Right? Yes. Um, And so I made (laughs) eye contact with the guy and uh, he's just looking at me all, all stone faced, (laughs) which makes me even more uncomfortable. And I'm like, man i don't i don't normally wave at children uh at, at the playground unless they wave to me first and he was waving really enthusiastically and i think she's just waving at the dogs but uh i think it, i felt i figure it's not polite to and he stops me he gets this big grin and he says just fucking with your brother um if you didn't wave back at him he'd probably cry all night um oh, so- oh,
1: that's so cute it's funny though like My husband does that. I've always joked he's not like a kid person, but we will be in like shops or something. You know how someone will have like their baby held up over their shoulder or whatever. And we seem to be in places and they're like these babies just make eye contact with my husband. And it's like, just lock in on him and he sort of looks at me and he looks away and then eventually he'll start pulling faces at them and whatever and then they start to smile and so he can't help but smile back and you know and so he had this whole face pulling thing going on and he was doing it one day with this baby sitting in the trolley and the mum kind of turned around and gave him the weirdest look and he's like she started it (laughs) really did though because she'd really drawn him in and it's like how do you ignore a child when it's like that and I know it's funny my dad actually said a very similar thing he's often you know out and about with my kids and whatever and him and my mum go for walks along the beach most mornings and he said sometimes they'll be out walking he said and you know you'll just see a little one in a pram and they wave at you or you know whatever and he said Nine times out of ten, he said, parents are on their phone or they're talking to each other or whatever, he said, so they don't even pay attention, he said. And so they wave, he said, and I just kind of give him a little wave back, he said. But, yeah, he had a similar one where this little one was just really waving enthusiastically. And he said, I just couldn't help it but did the same thing. He said, and then the look I got was not like the look you got. I mean, it was probably the initial look you got, but this person I don't think was just fucking with him. And my dad said, like, that's, he said, it makes me so sad. He said, because, you know, he said, I love the relationship that I have like with my grandkids. And, you know, like he said, children bring so much joy, you know, like he said, and it, for him, it's like, he doesn't see my kids. like We see them at least once a week, but sometimes more often, but he's like, on the days that I don't see them, it's nice to see other kids and just, yeah. you know, them them enjoying their day and smiling and, you know, happy and pointing at things and whatever. And he said, it's nice to be able to enjoy that. But he said, it's different if like my mum does it. Compared to if he does it, he said there's yeah. his sort of, yeah, this sad thing in the world. But I don't know, I'm glad he was just fucking with you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: because the other thing is the kids reach out for this human contact, this connection, because yeah. we're, whereas, I mean, people are kind of wired for that. And yeah. it, it feels kind of awkward to just kind of like piss off kid um you're not getting not getting away from me um and then the other thing i struggle with is i'm i often have a leash in one hand and a bag of dog poop in the other hand and so so something it it seems kind of awkward to to wave somebody with a bag of poop that's yeah so i'm but it's funny you
1: say that about the human connection we like i do a lot of walking now with our dog and you know there's a an uh, elderly man who lives the street away from us, and I see him every every time I'm out walking. I see him. He does laps of the block, like he he, and he must be well into his eighties, and he does lap after lap after lap of the block. And so we see him all the time, and we all, every time we see him, we say good morning, or we, you know, comment on the weather, or did you notice the ducks were down the end of the street again? Or you know, there's always something, and I think those moments of human connection are so important. And if you don't take them when they're there, now you're really missing out. Yeah. And I just think it's it's sad that we don't do that. You know, we don't kind of embrace that or we're fearful of human connection.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, that kid, he's probably not even two yet. Um, you know, years from now, I'll I'll be sitting um all arthritic and unable to walk the dogs anymore. And he'll walk. He if if I didn't wave at him, he'd walk by, and he'd he'd be like, not not paying any attention. to That old guy. He didn't wave at me when I was when That's I was right. uh, when I was a toddler. So uh, you gotta gotta pay it forward, I guess. Um, we've gotten we we I guess we haven't gotten off track. We haven't got on track yet. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so we're we're talking. This is uh, episode number eight in our our early math series, and we're I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about spatial sense um, because this is this is this is pre geometry people. And, uh, and the thing is, you don't need to know a lot of numbers and a lot of math to start learning the basics of geometry. And so spatial sense is the, the intuitive awareness awareness of one's surroundings and the objects in their space. And, and this awareness, um, just building this awareness of where things are in space around you is a precursor for geometry and shorter sorting and, and ordering objects. If you, if you can't understand the space around you, it's, it's really hard to, to master those things. And so it, it's uh it's something that kids can and should spend a lot of time learning in the early years. And another one of those things that we have to spend very, very little, very little time actually teaching because kids are kind of innately wired to to figure this kind of stuff out uh what are your thoughts while i drink some tea nicole
1: yes um (laughs) so i agree children are innately wired to figure this sort of stuff out um and i think you know it starts quite early you know that awareness of where their body is in space and what's around them and you know you start to see that even with like really little babies you know when they start grabbing for things and that you know awareness of where something is you know in relation to me and what i can touch and what i can't and how i can move my body to get to where i want to be and you know even things like um we've got a great photo of me at my mum and dad's place when i was probably i don't know maybe about 7 months old or something and i had i had crawl. I was crawling, but I was crawling backwards. I had a tendency to go backwards and I had managed to crawl backwards under the television because it was one <laughs> of those old-school televisions sure. that had the little feet on it. And so I'd crawled backwards under the television and kind of got myself stuck there. And I think we have a tendency to not let or not want children to do those sorts of things, not get themselves stuck in positions or to, you know, like get themselves into places where they can't get back out of, or whatever. And I mean, look, I probably couldn't get back out. I'm sure someone got me. Well, someone did get me out of it. Yeah, I mean,
0: you're not there anymore.
1: I stopped and took a photo first, but they <laughs> got me out. And look, look, to be fair, I would do the exact same thing now. But, you know, I think that that's an important thing to learn where does my body fit in mm-hmm. space? And I think you can actually see that with some adults who still don't actually have that sense of that themselves as they get older. You know, like there are some adults who I think misjudge how they fit in space and where they go and how they move through things. And, you know, you see it with pushing a shopping trolley and they try and squeeze past you and it's like you are just literally not going to fit through there. Or trying to park a car. You know, and they're trying to reverse park into a space that is like your your car is not going to fit into that space. And it's that awareness of, you know, size and depth and distance and you know all those kinds of things put together
0: and and so for 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 kids to to practice this to build this this intuitive awareness and I don't know maybe maybe it's not really all that intuitive because it requires a lot of practice a lot of moving around the environment for for that to come online there's a lot of a lot of wiring that goes on in the brain and the visual sense and uh, probably the vestibular sense and the proprioceptive senses as well to, to help us understand what the world how far the the object on the other side of the room that we're crawling towards is and how much space there is under the television before yeah. we crawl under it back in the back in the olden days when you could crawl under a television under i'm a not television. sure <laughs> I'm not sure kids i'm not sure that's something that i, I think that i, I
1: see, like kids don't have those problems
0: <laughs> yeah i think i think back in the day that happened a lot more than it than it does today um <laughs> sure, and yeah. so one of the big ways we support the development of of this skill is just to give kids lots of time to be up and active and moving around and engaging the world in in different different ways which happens intuitively and automatically in a lot of early learning settings and happens almost not at all in in others
1: mm. and i think it's interesting you know our physical environment can can help or hinder really easily you know, how children kind of can, can move their bodies. And so we see that in environments where they don't have much in the way of outdoor space and children don't have opportunities for those big body movements. They don't have opportunities for rolling or spinning, you know, spinning such a great way, you know, spinning around in circles is such a great way of establishing where am I and how, how do I fit within this space. Where are other people? Am I going to wipe them out with my arms as I spin? You know, and we're quick Mm -hmm. to say to children, stop spinning around, you know, you're going to run into someone or whatever. That's a practice, you know, that's something we need to become aware of. Um, So spaces, environments that don't have a lot of outdoor space, I think find that a lot more challenging um, than environments that do have a lot of outdoor space. I think outdoor space is one of those really big things for any kind of movement, um, which, you know, this obviously requires a lot of movement, I think, having a good amount of outdoor space and freedom within that space too, you know, not cluttering it up with stuff to do but actually, you know, uh, lots of loose parts that children can move around, you know, things they can pick up and carry and put in things and on things and, you know, rearrange and, you know, just kind of work within their space. That's a big part of it as well
0: yeah um i I was thinking I knew this was gonna this was on our on our list of things to do um yesterday and uh and tasha and I had a, a, a new beach experience yesterday oh that that got me thinking about uh a uh, uh, spatial sense and spatial awareness um, the
1: you tried to get through it
0: um no um that's scheduled for next week i've got a i got a shovel and i'm gonna uh no i'm gonna try to build a life-size sandcastle um no um we we got a uh got a ball okay just just the ball we didn't have a i mean there's a couple balls look i guess i got a I got a I got a glass container and little balls for like ramps and stuff but we gotta we gotta take to the beach and and fuck around ball um and it was it was it was kind of hard to figure out what to get it didn't I didn't want a beach ball because they're just big and awkward and kind of kind of hard to we're gonna bike to the beach uh it's kind of hard to carry under your arm and and uh, a football that might be okay but it's it's, it's very limited in what you can <laughs> do with it and and we thought about soccer ball but Um, and that a little bit bigger than we, we wanted doesn't, doesn't fit under your arm as well. So we got a, we got a, we got a volleyball. Um, perfect. Perfect. Because, uh, you can roll it, you can throw it, you can kick it. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's teal color, Tasha's favorite color. So it, it, uh, it fits. And so we were, we were kicking the, walking down the beach and kicking the ball back and forth to each other. Um, but just the spatial awareness of, of doing that, because you have to pay attention to you're so you're on an unlevel surface and you want the ball to go to the person that's, uh, 10 foot away from you, but it's got to go up and then up a little, a little incline. And if you don't ki- kick it with the enough force, it doesn't go all the way up the incline and then it curves back to, to your side. And if you don't, if you don't raise your, your foot the proper amount when you go to kick the ball, or if you raise it too much, your foot might go over the ball, um, which I found very hilarious because it happened to Tasha a couple (laughs) of times yesterday. And, um, and, and, and so just that awareness of your body and where this ball is and where you want it to go is all um, building that, that spatial sense. So just, just something as simple as, as balls to kick and throw around your outdoor space is opportunity for, for learning this, and and it, it's a little bit of a leap for some parents to understand that hey, three-year-old uh, 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 Magellan is learning spatial relations when he's 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 kicking the soccer ball around the the playground. But it's it, it's actually hey, that's pre-geometry. You, yeah. and, and 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 we need to we need to help parents. Part of the job when you when you embrace this kind of learning for kids is being able to to translate it into something parents are going to understand so that they can see the steps that this thing here leads to him being able to um figure out the area of a parallelogram when he gets yes. a little bit older
1: and that's it that's that's that you know that role of like documenting children's learning and making that you know what's actually taking place visible because yeah exactly you'll get parents who go oh all he does is want to kick the ball around that's the only thing that my child does or the only thing they like to do is dig holes in the sand pit and you know what are they getting out of that and so that is our role is actually you know these are all the things that they're doing which is helping prepare them for future you know math learning or literacy or you know whatever it happens yeah. to be but it's like those skills are building blocks you know and yeah they seem you know it seems sometimes like a long bow to draw but you know, when you actually kind of step it out, it's like, well, hang on a minute. That is what happens. You know, you need that early stuff. You don't just go straight from, um, you know, being born to being able to kick a soccer ball like bloody Pele or something. Like there's a whole process involved and you need to have that sense of, you know, spatial awareness and, you know, where am I? Where's the other person? Where's my foot going? How do I get my foot to go to there to move to that to that? You know, yeah. it's a lot of stuff
0: yeah I mean it's something very few infants can do
1: that's right absolutely but yeah I think it is it's important that we can make that make that connection for families to be able to see well you know what this stuff that you see as them just playing um you know it is it is the early math stuff it is the early literacy stuff it is the early science stuff like it is those things that will help them you know as they progress through life it's not just about oh well you know, we're doing all of this and then they'll be ready to go to school and learn, you know, yeah. and really yeah. learn. It's like, no, actually these are skills that help and get built on throughout life. You know, as we see with Tasha, still learning how to get the,
0: foot
1: well, yeah. And I mean,
0: I would, I would, if, Hey, listeners, if any of you out there listening to this podcast, haven't fully embraced rough and tumble play, Uh, as of yet although we've I mean we've talked about it for hours and hours and hours of this podcast rough and tumble play is pre-geometry learning for young children Um, because all of the twisting is as a superhero play because all of the twisting and turning and grappling is 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 just full of learning spatial sense. You got to learn where your pool, pool pool noodle lightsaber ends and the other guy's face begins. You've got to to learn how to get your body out of all these different awkward positions it gets into and and understanding the orientation of your body and your your playmate's body when you're when you're wrestling and grappling. and and so among all of the other, benefits of rough and tumble play rough and tumble play is pre-math learning if you if you pull back and dissect it and look at it and by not embracing that activity by by thinking it's too violent or too aggressive you're actually taking away the opportunity of children who who need to learn these school these skills because look it's more than pre-math learning learning spatial sense is you you got to learn how to navigate the world i mean yeah you got you're eventually gonna have to get out of your out of your house and down to the shop to uh to to buy some macaroni and cheese uh mixed to go get home. get your trolley
1: through I yeah, yeah, just did yeah, you
0: gotta, gotta be able to on. gotta be able to navigate the grocery store with the trolley and get through the checkout lane. All of that happens. And when when we we b- block off um big swaths of of potential learning. By saying, "Hey, we don't do that here." We're we're actually stealing the opportunity for learning from children.
1: Absolutely.
0: Was that too soapboxy?
1: No, no, perfect amount of soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the environment plays such a big part, and even in your indoor environment, the way we set up the space, you know, plays a really big part as well. And you'll notice that with children who, you know, uh, find it difficult sometimes to navigate. Their way around the environment they're bumping into things and they're you know they're just navigating how to fit within the space and how do i get from here to there and how does my body move and you know it's like it's all it's all practice and i think when we have environments that offer a bit of challenge too like you said about the uneven surface with you know kicking the ball and whatever you know sometimes we want to make our environments super safe And in Mm -hmm. making them super safe, we remove any possibility of challenge and, you know, being having to navigate something a little differently. Or like even what we talked about in the last episode, we recorded about problem solving, you know, like it's that we remove that opportunity for children to solve that problem. How do I get my body to do this when the environment is like this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I, I think, you know, kids, well, look spatial understanding of spatial awareness is is kind of a a requirement um before you can start doing things like sorting and so you say you're gonna you're gonna set up an activity with the counting bears and and you're gonna ask uh ask jessica to to put the blue bears in one container and the purple bears in another and the red bears in another and and if if Je, Je, jessica and is jessica's
1: not yeah that
0: <laughs> I, I, I I got so much caught up in listening to myself, I forgot what name I used I uh, Jessica <laughs> if if Jessica doesn't if if she hasn't mastered being able to understand the the arrangement of those different bowls and the counting bears on the space in front of her and how far she's got to reach to each reach each one of those bowls, which is all all spatial sense spatial awareness, she can't do that sorting task. And yeah. so so this most of the skills we have, um, develop from big to small and so um being able to understand bigger spaces like the playground um it, or is, is easier as first to manage before the fine smaller little little spaces as our as our fine motor skills develop and so they the kids need that big body active stuff before they can do the fine-tuned stuff you might want them sitting at a table doing as well i, I think i agree Oh, well, if if you and I agree, then it must be correct. Case I suppose.
1: Mean...
0: <laughs> There's the verdict. Any other thoughts on this one? No. Well, then I guess we might as well end it.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Usually I say no, and then I still say something. But this time I was like, no, that's it.
0: Hey, listeners, instead of making this a longer episode by having a couple minutes of awkward dead air, we'll... End it here, but that would be kind of fun—just pausing and not talking—and
1: could I add some right joke in? chat.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, this. Oh, hey, you need more Nicole in your life? Go to inspiredec.com. You need more me in your life? I can't see how you would, but some people do. Go to playvolutionhq.com or explorationsearlylearning.com. Back soon. I went to a parade, might talk about that. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, now think about all those people just waiting to tune in to the next time we're together <laughs> right. and, and hear me talk about going to a parade. I mean, people are probably <laughs> sitting on the edges. Edge of, they, they probably aren't going to take their, their earbuds out until they, just waiting. they get to hear that episode. <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> just waiting.